all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. Hello and welcome back into another off-season edition here at the Houdat Discussion. As always, I am your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the Houdat Dis. We have a very interesting episode in store for you guys today as there's a lot of signings and rumors around the Saints team. The Saints did sign another offensive lineman, and they also made the corresponding move to the Anthony Ciccolo signing, which will add more clarity to Ciccolo's possible role with the Saints. And then also, now there are rumors swirling with the Saints and Jadavion Clowney, which we are definitely going to jump into. We're also going to talk about some other linemen. I could see this fit with the Saints in a possible signing as well, because Like, this late in free agency, there are so many options for the Saints and all these other teams. Because, I mean, this year, I mean, free agency has happened to really slip into now going on June. And to me, that's very, very interesting to see all that pan out. So we're definitely going to get into that as well. But we are going to start off the podcast with the Saints signing offensive lineman James Hurst who was previously with the Baltimore Ravens. And to me, this is a very interesting signing here with Hurst because he's a guy that played a lot of different positions in his time with the Ravens, which fits all what the Saints are trying to do. He is very, very versatile, so he adds kind of that piece for the Saints. He plays guard and tackle, which is really what the Saints are looking for in their depth, especially on the offensive line. So I think that was really important to his signing. Also, he's kind of a veteran player. He started 28 games in the past three seasons, and he started 16 games in 2018, and then he started 10 games of the 10 games he played in 2017. So I thought both those were very interesting. And then last year, he was kind of more of that sixth man in the Ravens' offensive line. He started two games, but he was more um, of a guy that just played kind of definitely a role on the team for sure because he did almost play 200 snaps, which is, I mean, not a ton, but he definitely played... Um, enough to really like warrant a PFF grade and all that stuff. So he was kind of playing that sixth man that would kind of fill in as the extra blocker. He would fill in if someone got hurt. And he did play a valuable role in the team. And I do see a role for him on the Saints. One more thing I do want to say is that he is suspended for the first four games of the season because of um, performance enhancing drugs use. So I don't know what to think about that. We'll see if he um, takes the suspension. We'll see if he kind of tries to get it cut down. Now, I'm not really too nervous about that suspension because, look, I don't think the Saints will need a backup lineman. I'm hoping the Saints don't need a backup lineman in the first four games. And because the Saints have so much depth on the offensive line, I'm really not worried about it because when you look at it, and we talked about it with the um, tackles last week, the Saints just have so much depth. Like, I'd be fine if Omame stepped in to start a game. I'd be fine, you know, if some other guy started, uh, came in to just start a game, like a Cameron Tom-type player or something like that, just to start a game, you're fine with. Not multiple games, but definitely for a game you're fine with. You're going to probably have guys like Calvin Throckmorton, who is an undrafted free agent, but he's a player that's played so many different positions, and his technique is superb. I really am high on him, because a lot of people thought he was going to go higher in the draft, and he didn't even get drafted, so I thought that was pretty interesting as well. 
And so that just really shows that the Saints have so much depth. They probably won't need Hurst until that fourth, at least the fourth week anyways. But he's going to be a guy that should upgrade like an Omame type player. And that's very, very interesting. When you're looking at him, he had a 68 uh, PFF grade last season. So that was very, very good playing in that sixth row position, which was better than Omame. And I think Omame did do a good job, but I do think Hurst is a better, he, he does fit the role a little bit better. But like, I love Omame. I think he's a solid player in that role. And I think Hurst is like even more upgrade on that role because he start, started. Like, obviously, last year he played that six man role, but he played that six man role on a team that won 14 games. So that just shows you. And then 2018, he played on a playoff team, but he started all the games. He had a 60 PFF grade. So when he starts, he's average. And then when he doesn't start, he's really great depth. Like he's above average depth. And I think that's really great when you're looking at his role with the Saints. And I think that's kind of the same with Omame. But Omame is kind of an up and down player. It seems like Hurst is more of just a steady player. Like you know what you're going to get out of him. Average. And that's kind of it. But it's definitely very, very interesting there. And um, he's going to definitely fight for a spot with Omame. I think both can make the team because then you also have other guys like Ethan Greenidge. Does he make the team? He made the team last year. Probably Omame and you're going to have Hurst make the team and maybe Greenidge doesn't. Maybe Cameron Tom doesn't because you'd rather have this veteran depth. They've started, they've played very well than guys that are unproven. And I do think that just shows the testament to the Saints depth on the roster. And Nick Underhill pointed it out. He said the difference between this 2020 team and the 2019 team, the 2018 team, the 2017 team is really that this team has more depth. Like, the 45th through 53rd spots are going to be filled with guys that were made contributions to teams last year. If it wasn't the Saints, it was other teams. And I think that's really important to have that depth, especially you know, going into the 16-game season and hopefully deep into the playoffs. You need that really elite depth. And I do think the Saints have that. And I think that's extremely important for the Saints. So to me, that's a great signing with Hurst and we'll kind of see what happens with the suspension and all that stuff. But, you know, definitely just a good veteran rock to have there. Not a starter, but just more of a bench guy. If he needs to come in for a few games, you feel really comfortable with him kind of just putting a bandaid on the situation. And I think that's the same with um, Omame as well. Like I, I, with these two guys, I feel really, really confident in the depth that the Saints have. And um, I do think that is really, really big. So, now we are going to move on into our second kind of piece of news here with the corresponding move to the Anthony Ciccolo signing. Because the same signed Anthony Ciccolo and was like, hmm, they're getting another kind of pass rusher, linebacker type guy. Like, is he going to play linebacker? Is he going to pass rush? Is he going to play special teams? Like, where does he even fit with this team? And now you see the corresponding move and you 100% get it. And that is that Noah Spence, who the Saints just signed, tore his ACL and the Saints, um, he's going to be out for the season. The Saints basically placed him on the injured reserve list. So that's kind of something that definitely stinks. And I mean, it kind of is what it is here with, with Noah Spence. I feel bad for that because for him and that situation, because he was a player that came into the league with the Bucs and like showed a lot of potential. And then injuries just derailed his career. Like he had five and a half sacks in his first season. And then after that, he couldn't put it all together just because of the injuries. And I was excited to see if he could put it all together with the Saints. Now, he will not get that chance. Hopefully, next season, he'll be on the roster and we'll be able to do that. But definitely, get well soon, Noah. And, I mean, hope you can contribute to the Saints in the future. But that's why it seems like the Saints signed Anthony Ciccolo. Because in his press conferences, um, you know, welcome to the Saints press conference. Basically, he said that he's going to be playing a defensive end for the Saints. And that makes a lot of sense. 
because he's going to probably fill that Noah Spencer role for the Saints as kind of that, you know, back end of the roster type guy that if the Saints need depth, like he can come here and do a great job. Also, I love that he can play special teams. That's a big added bonus to really show that he definitely can make this team, especially if the 90-man roster kind of stays put for the Saints, you know, but he's a guy, you know, Chicolo, when you look at it, he's a guy in the last three seasons putting up five sacks, like kind of, he's definitely had a bigger output than Spence has, especially in the last few years. But I think Spence has a little more potential. It's going to be kind of tough to see because I do think Chicolo is a guy that definitely would help that he's in a new situation because I think that situation in Pittsburgh, like he did fine there, but I think he can take the next step with the Saints if possible. If he doesn't, he's going to come in here, be a good special teams guy. He's probably going to be around a one to three sack guy if he, you know, gets a few um, snaps and does, you know, does a good job there. But it's going to be very, very interesting. Like, we'll have to see. He did have three sacks in 2017. That was his best season. He did have two starts in 2017. So that is definitely um, good there. But again, it seems like he's going to be a guy that I think is really a depth player, but he's going to take that Noah Spence role, which is, look, I think he can do that really well. And then he adds kind of an extra dimension to Noah Spence as he can also play really, really solid special team. So look, if you need him in depth, especially in a pinch, he could come in and do an admirable job, excuse me there. But overall, he's going to be a great special teams player for the Saints and add a lot of depth on that defensive line. So I, so now you really understand that move, why um, the Saints ended up getting Chicklows because Spence ended up getting hurt. And that's just tough. But uh, the Saints replaced him with, I think, an even better player, probably an upgrade at that little role position. But it now makes sense why the Saints were able to go out and get Chicolo, And that kind of just clears up the situation there. So before we get into some rumor talk with the Saints and Jadavion Clowney and some other defensive ends, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Houdat Discussion and now we are going to get into our rumor talk with Jadavion Clowney and the Saints. And this was compounded by Jadavion Clowney turning down a big offer from the Browns. And that was most likely because he wanted to play with a contender, which I thought was really interesting. So this all started with Nader Mirafik posting on Twitter that he said, I have a reliable source that confirms the Saints have shown interest in Jadavion Clowney. Numbers have to be discussed and work out on a one-year deal, which he's willing to take to get a ring and then re-enter free agency. So obviously, Nader always does a great job. Definitely sports overtime. If you haven't checked it out already, definitely check that out because he just does an outstanding job on there and always puts out a great radio show. And obviously, he's great on Twitter as well when covering the Saints. But I thought this was extremely interesting as... I think that there probably is some truth to this for sure, but then there was also some reports that from like Mike Triplett and Larry Holder, who are probably a little more established reporters, and they said that they haven't heard anything about the rumor, and like they just haven't heard anything, but they wouldn't be surprised if it happens, because the Saints are obviously always known for making splash. So this is kind of what I think about it. Like, it may be true, it may not be, but I think there's one thing is that the Saints are definitely active in the defensive line market. And I do believe that. And I think they would like to add an established veteran alongside Marcus Davenport. And obviously, I think if the price was low enough, I think they'd love to see Clowney in a Saints uniform. But again, right now, if he's looking for 17, 18 million, I don't know how the Saints are going to get that done over one year. Now, they may put in a dummy year in or whatever happens. 
but I just don't see that happening over one year. Now they would have to now fill up another um, six or seven million. They have to cut that cap space. I don't know how they'd get that from. It's very, very interesting. We'll definitely look into more of that, especially if these rumors pick up some steam, because right now it's really only that one rumor by Nader. But again, I think that the Saints really here, obviously Jadavion Clowney is a player that's amazing. I mean, look, he only had three sacks last year, but he was third in quarterback, uh, getting to the quarterback and quarterback pressure. So that obviously shows that he could still get to the quarterback. He had nine sacks the year before that. Then he had nine and a half in 2017. So when looking at it, a guy with over 20 sacks in the last three seasons, that's obviously amazing. He has two Pro Bowlers, uh, two Pro Bowls in that span. He also has a third one in 2016 where he added six sacks. He's a guy that's a perennial, not a perennial Pro Bowler, but a high-level player that's a Pro Bowler. And if he stays healthy, he's going to do like amazing things with the Saints. Put him with Cam Jordan, put him with Marcus Davenport. That just puts the move over the top for the Saints to win the Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. With all this depth, with all these star players, I just don't see how the Saints wouldn't win with Clowney. Obviously, if no injuries happen as well, this signing would definitely like be a crazy one and be like, oh, the Saints are really going to the Super Bowl. It's one of those signings. And I do think that this year he's going to have a big year if he stays healthy. You know, he's a guy when looking at it last year, he only had three sacks, but he got to the quarterback a ton. He was just a tad late. And that's just kind of how it happens. And that's why you don't have as good of a season. But if he gets there just like one millisecond quicker, he's going to have a 10 sack season. And again, you add that with his great ability to run stop. I think he's a player that's going to come up in here and do a great job for the Saints if he was signed. 17 or 18 million. I think he does deserve that. I don't think he's going to get that on a one-year deal. I think he's going to have to sign like a 12, 13 million dollar deal. And then he can go back out there because when the fact comes to matter is 18 million is too much for a guy that only had three sacks. And it was a down year for him. It was probably one of his worst years in his career. So for him to really get a big contract, he's going to have to have a big year this year. And I think he shouldn't be kind of caring about the money this year. I think he should be more, or not be a stickler about it, I should say. He should come out, have a really good year next year, and then he can make it big the year after. And I see why he declined to sign with the Browns, even though it was more money. It was because he knows he's going to re-enter their free agency next year, and he'd rather do it with a team that's a contender and that he can win a Super Bowl with, and that he can really be a great uh, addition to and really be kind of that next step to take him to a Super Bowl than a team that's probably not going to be that good, that he's going to struggle on. And again, I don't think he wants to do that. And I do kind of see why. So to me, that makes a lot of sense of why he doesn't want to sign with the Browns. He wants to be in the best position possible so he can parlay this year into a big contract next year. And that's why the Saints do seem a little enticing. So we'll see if these rumors pick up. And I do think it's it's going to be really interesting to see because when you're looking at Clowney, He's elite player when he's at his top. And even when he's not at his top, he's still a really good player. I mean, his PFF grades are great. I mean, 87 PFF last year, 89 the, the year before. I mean, those two seasons are ridiculous. Obviously, his best season was in 2019, 2018, where he put up nine and a half at nine sacks, those back-to-back seasons. It looks like he was going to come in to have a really big year last season and then just dip. So that's why he's not going to get a big contract this year. But I do understand why. Like, he's like, oh, I have all this potential, and I'm a great player. I've even shown it in the stats. I have one bad year, and no one wants to give me a big contract. I can understand his frustration, but I I do think that he's like, okay, now I'm going to come into a great situation, possibly with the Saints, and then come up, have an amazing year, have a 10-sack season, and then go out big, get get big money elsewhere with the Saints, wherever it is. I think it would be elsewhere, and hopefully win a Super Bowl. Like, who wouldn't want that? And I think that's kind of a perfect kind of situation for the Saints to jump in and sign him. 
Because what I really think of ha- what happens with the Saints, I really think it was Sean Payton calling up Clowney and being like, hey, do you want to come to us for like $8 million? And he probably was like, eh, we'll see how the market goes. Like, you're a player in it, but if someone offers me $20 million a year, I'm going to go get them. But if someone only gets, you know, let's say no one offers him big money over $15 million, he's probably going to take that $8 million with the Saints. Because if, if you can parlay that $8 million into $100 million, you're going to do that. And I, I think his best chances to do that are with the Saints or another really uh, good fit with him that I think he, you know, he, he could be a player that just is a home run for the Saints. Like you could see Cam Jordan have 10 sacks, Clowney have 10 sacks, and then also you have Davenport in there. Like I could see Sean Payton just putting in a call, just kind of just like, look, if you want to come, we'll give you this amount of money. And this is kind of what we're going to offer here. But this is our cap and we're not going to get in a bidding war over it. And I do think that's kind of what the Saints probably did. Like they probably put a one year, $8 million, $9 million offer, maybe upwards into the double digits, $12 million. But that's probably lowballing him. And look, the Saints have obviously tried to low, not try to lowball, but they've just been lowballing guys probably throughout this free agency period, trying to entice them to come to New Orleans because of the great locker room and the winning culture here. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think if we see this rumor pick up steam over the next few days, you may see a quick movement like, bam, then, you know, Jadavon Clowney signs with the Saints. Because I bet the Saints just put a one-year deal out there and maybe... Clowney's tired of sitting on his hands and he just wants to play with the team in 2020. The Saints may be just a big winner off of that. And I, I honestly, him and the Saints, I think could be a perfect fit. But I don't want to like say that we're definitely getting to Davion Clowney and that's going to happen because I don't think that really at the end of the day, I, I'm really hesitant to say that the Saints would get a player like Clowney or even Everson Griffin because I think that the Saints want Marcus Davenport to be the guy. I think that they want him to become that 10-sack guy. They want him to become that main guy in New Orleans with Cameron Jordan. And the only reason, you know, the only way I really should say that he's going to become that is if he gets a lot of snaps. And that means he's going to be the main guy, that number two guy opposite Cameron Jordan. So what I really think that the Saints are going to do is, is sign a veteran type guy that could add some snaps and really put some just, just some nice depth for the Saints, kind of like what Alex Okafor did. Like, Davenport was playing on third downs and playing on, like, pass situations. Then Davenport came in there and did a really good job against the run. And maybe it's not that same role, but just to see, like, kind of a platoon, because I think Davenport's really good against the run. Like, maybe it's Davenport, maybe just on, like, some situations where Davenport had struggled in the past. You may see this guy come in. Like, just kind of that platoon between Alex Okafor and um, Marcus Davenport. Like, you would love to see that again this year. So now, who are some guys that we can do that with? And I think that's a more possible signing for the Saints. A guy like that rather than a star-studded guy like Jadavion Clowney or Everson Griffin. Like, all the fans want that, but I really think that the Saints are on that hill, that they're going to start Marcus Davenport, and they're going to die on it forever until, you know, he really fails at it. But Marcus Davenport hasn't failed yet, so I do think that the Saints wanted to take that next step this year, and the only reason he's going to do that is if he starts full-time. So, yes, I think maybe the Saints lowballed Jadavion Clowney to try to get a really good offer in and just try to get really good value. And I think they probably did the same with Everson Griffin, probably. But I don't think that's likely in the long run. And really, just when you think about it, I don't think that the Saints would go out and get a guy like that. It would probably be more of a low-key guy, a veteran guy that can do what the Saints need and um, ultimately, you know, just fill a nice role in for the team. And I think that's kind of more likely. But again, here are the players that I think that you have a higher percentage of the Saints signing. So first is going to be Vinny Curry from the Eagles. He started two games last year and played all 16 games, 
with the Eagles. He had five sacks for the team. And I think this is just a perfect spot for the Saints to pick him up. You know, he had 27 tackles. He's a guy that's good against the run. He got five sacks, so he's obviously a solid pass rusher. He's only started two games last year, so he's playing in a rotational piece just like he would this year for the Saints. I think this is a perfect fit for the Saints and Curry, and I could see a possible offer here. Like, back in 2014, he did have those nine sacks. Then he kind of went through kind of like a three sacks, three sacks, three sacks, and then comes back with a five-sack season. I could definitely see him coming to the Saints. Like, he went to Tampa Bay in 2018, so he already has that kind of NFC South kind of in him. So I could definitely see him coming to the Saints here. And I think it would be a very, very interesting thing. Like, he's a guy that hasn't, you know, he's more of a role player, and I think he's kind of more of a low-key player that will put in some great snaps for you. He's going to stay healthy, and he's going to be depth for you. And he's also kind of an upgrade over a guy like Trandrickson and stuff like that because of his veteran nature. He's good in the run-stopping. He's also obviously good at getting to the passer. So again, I could definitely see him as a possible candidate. And then also, I've been saying this for a while, but Ezekiel Anza, Ziggy Anza, from the Detroit Lions and also last year he signed with the Seahawks. So he was a guy that over the last two years kind of became a role player after, look, he had 14 and a half sacks in 2015. He was a pro bowler. Then 2017, he had 12 sacks. So he's had two double-digit sack seasons. And you know, and then since then, he's kind of been a guy that had four sacks and only seven games. So if you double that, he's kind of had an eight-sack season because he only played seven games. He got hurt. And then last year, he was in a role position and he only had two and a half sacks. But again, I think he could be a player that comes bounce backs with the Saints. Probably is around four or five sacks, maybe six sacks at the most. But he's going to do really good in some situational spots for the Saints. Play a really nice role and then kind of be a platoon with Davenport. I'd love to see a guy like that. And then also, he's a little older, so Davenport can um, learn off of him. Excuse me there. And then also, you know, he can learn the moves because he's an older player. He kind of plays the same as Davenport, like very athletic, very, you know, kind of that Davenport type guy that gets his sacks and bunches and stuff like that. So I think Davenport could kind of work with a guy like that. And I think they would actually work really nicely together. And also, obviously, you still have Trey Hendrickson and all those guys. I could definitely see the Saints looking at him. The Saints have looked at him the past two seasons. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints look at him again here. And he's not going to cost a lot. I think this could be a perfect signing for the Saints. Kind of right in the niche of what they kind of need at that defensive lineman position. If they're not going to kind of go broke or go, go for broke here with Jadavion Clowney. But... I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this rumor talk. Obviously, I love talking about it and kind of just loving the possibilities of it. But let's see if the Saints do get to Davion Cloudy. It's going to be very, very interesting. I mean, we had some rumors out there. We've had the initial kind of rumor, but we've seen this where like a local guy comes in and just has a source. And then a few days later, or maybe even a week later, then bigger news comes out from another reporter like an Ian Rappaport that... You know, the Saints are looking in on Clowney, and like three days later, the Saints sign Clowney. I'm like, maybe that's an option for the Saints. Maybe the Saints actually are looking on on this. But I, I think most likely, in my opinion, I think it was just like Sean Payton giving out a one-year deal for $8 million. He basically says, look, if you want it, it's there. If you come to a great organization, play with some great teammates, possibly win a Super Bowl. But if you want to go get that big contract, you know, obviously, we're not going to try to outbid you or anything. And But we're just going to add this because we love what you were able to do, and we want some good value. I could definitely see the Saints doing that and I think those other players may be another option because probably right now I think the Saints are probably trying to lowball Clowney and um Griffin first and then looking at Ezekiel Anza and Curry kind of as backup plans probably if they're really zeroing in on this defensive line position I think that would be a really good way to go like give Clowney give Griffin kind of those lowball offers and then if those don't work out then we go into the Curries and the um Ezekiel Anzas of the world and kind of kind of take it from there but even after that there are a lot of kind of solid players here that the Saints can look at 
And it's, you know, you have Jabal Sheards out there, Michael Bennett's out there, Cameron Wake's out there. Like, there's a lot of possible players that I can see the Saints go get if they want a veteran depth guy. But maybe they're going to put up a splash and go to Davion Clowney and kind of come in with probably the best defensive line in football. But again, we'll have to see how it all works out because, look, if Clowney comes to the Saints, I think if he has a 10-sack season, Davenport has a solid season, you have Cameron Jordan coming in with a 10-sack season, it's going to be a scary defensive line for the Saints. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all our social media platforms. We said them earlier in the show, like when we first started out. So personally, on Twitter, I am at Andrew Galata. And then the podcast on Twitter, we are at the Houdat Discussion. And then also you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Houdat Discussion as well. And then also... We are on every podcasting site, so that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, definitely wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. So, definitely a great episode, and I really love talking about these rumors, as it is very, very interesting to talk about. Also, the Saints are still active, signing an offensive lineman. You'll love to see the Saints add that depth, and that's another thing. It seems like the Saints are just trying to add depth, not star players, so I think it's more likely that they go the depth veteran route than the star player route. But um, it's all yet to see there. But we, we looked at the same signing James Hurst, excuse me, there. We looked at that corresponding move with Anthony Ciccolo and Noah Spence. So that was really interesting to look at. And we could finally kind of see what the Saints are trying to do with their plans to kind of wrap up this offseason and go into the 2020 season. And then also one more thing. We did just drop a film study on the YouTube channel. So definitely check that out. Leave it a thumbs up. Definitely subscribe if you haven't already. It is on Andrews Pete. It was extremely fun to do because the, the highs are so high with Pete and the lows are so low. So it was extremely interesting to look at the plays and break them down. And I hope all you guys enjoy it. But I think that's all I have in store for you for this podcast. So I just want to say thank you for listening. Run it back. And who dat?